0: What's going on everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Economics Behind the Business, a supplementary series here on the Economics podcast where each and every month, Matt and I pick a game studio, open up their books, look behind their curtain, and give you a real deep financial dive into who they are, what they make, and why it's important. Last month, we had a... Mm, I don't want to say banger because I don't want to give them any credit, but we did a great job. It was some of our it was best fucking. received content yet. We did a month-long content all about Tencent, and we figured who best to show the other side of the coin to extreme censorship than the video game company that I would say <laughs> – directly flies in the face of every single one of the CCP values, and uh, that's Rockstar Games. So this month, we'll be doing Rockstar Games, starting with today's episode, The Early Roots of the Company. Next week, tune in where we dive deep into Rockstar's portfolios. couple little hidden gems in there that uh, once you take a look at, I think you'll be surprised. The week after that, guess what? We're going to be talking about... Who Rockstar is right now? Bring you into the modern era and we're gonna finish off the month going into the new year with some hope, some light at the end of the tunnel. So that's what you got forward to look f- so that's what you've got forward to look forward to. Uh Matt, feel free to fire me from the podcast for that one, because that was my brain listen, stopped working and my mouth kept moving, is what happened there.
1: Listen, we all know why I don't do the intros for these.
0: It's because you're too busy playing World of Warcraft Dragonflight. So I'm gonna need you to take a break from that. Talk to us about Rockstar.
1: So, just for future reference, I have not played World of Warcraft Dragonflight at all at the time of recording this video, and I plan not to, because that is... You're telling me if you stand game, up right now that
0: you're not wearing a Dragonflight pullover sweatshirt?
1: Okay, so back <laughs> into the episode. We're talking about Rockstar games here. <coughs> and we're starting with our humble, humble beginning. In March 12th, 1998, Take-Two makes a du- a absolute monster move by purchasing assets from British video game company BMG Interactive I heard
0: from a friend heard from your uncle bills. who works at Nintendo
1: Listen I heard from a very valuable Massachusetts source from the heart of Boston that for this purchase Take 2 gave them the tea that they fished out of the Boston Harbor Interesting
0: I like from that The
1: Boston Tea Party no, they didn't at all. They paid them in one point uh, one point eight five million shares of equity, which was at the time valued at fourteen million dollars. Can we? Which sorry, can we they, talk about what
0: a tawdry amount of money by today's acquisition standards, fourteen million dollars
1: is? And it was the best part of it. It wasn't even fourteen million dollars cash. It was fourteen million dollars in that, equity.
0: Could they, you? That to could have went. Could you imagine? well can you imagine it's not could you the guy who maybe is or isn't still at take two and they're like 14 million in equity is just an egregious do we even know these guys what do we even think they can do can you can you imagine that guy that guy has a parking spot that just says i told you so every single like the whole
1: no he they just they make him park at Rockstar New York, which is where this inevitably it will lay its head. And he has to park there and then commute to, like, the San Francisco office every day.
0: <laughs> via hella train. Via, via, via um, yeah. the hell's Elon Musk's thing. Hyperloop. Hyperloop. Things.
1: The Hyperloop, yeah. Um, but they gave it. They gave it to BMG. Hopefully they held on to it. Because that is worth a lot more money now than it was then, as do most stocks. But that was, um, granted, what they had, they probably shouldn't have sold it for so cheap. But they got something decent in value. At least the company did well after. However, this is where Grand Theft Auto enters the chat. And it was by far the most valuable thing that they had picked up in that purchase. And it was from DMA Designs. It was Grand Theft Auto. So Rockstar itself was born in December, similar to our powerhouse, similar to powerhouses like one, Jesus Christ, and Bobby Kowicki. But there's in December. Great December. That's me. Great, great December. December 1998. Uh, (coughs) Take two uh, interactive used assets that I purchased for the uh, BMG Interactive to form Rockstar. The founding members were Terry Donovan, Gary Foreman, Dan and Sam Hauser, and Jamie King all of which worked uh, for Take-Two at the time, with the Hauser brothers being once executives of BMG. Um, They all moved to their New York City office, and by January 1999, Rockstar Games sent a message to the entire gaming industry and announced that they were now top G of Take-Two publishing and would be the creme de la creme of what was getting published at Take-Two. It was going to be their high-end, well-developed video games coming out of Rockstar. Their birthplace was New York City, baby. And if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you know that Bobby hates New York City. Worf, I, worst however, love it. place on the face of the planet. It. And what a baller move to start and headquarter a company in New York City instead of beta male move. Of the Cayman Islands, like a different company we had covered, possibly
0: Tencent. Who knows, General. Who knows?
1: Possibly Tencent. See, instead of a money laundering capital of the world, they started it in the money-making capital of the world, New York City. Yeah, definitely
0: zero mon- money Absolutely laundering goes on there. in New York City.
1: <laughs> and before before we get into video games as a whole, with what they developed in their first IP. I wanted to give you a little side story of one of the marketing schemes of Rockstar New York. And I apologize. I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was basically Rockstar Club. Have you heard of what Rockstar Club, like what this premise was?
0: No, Matt. Tell me all about it.
1: It was a nightclub completely sponsored by this Rockstar location. Hold on. I'm going to get the actual information Vamp, and Give me your opinions of so, the early formation. So look, around.
0: like many companies that have a cohesive leadership team, right? Like that have a visionary or a group of visionaries at the head. When you've got people like the Hauser brothers who have been and who were at – Rockstar Games all the way up until, I would say, one left, I think, in late 2019, and the other one left pretty recently. So I don't believe either of them are still at Rockstar. I think Red Dead was the last title that they shipped in tandem. Red Dead 2, rather. It shows you what, even if from humble beginnings, what a monster is mega juggernaut you can turn your company into when you have vision and belief and get your product to market at exactly the right time, right? And and we'll talk about this here. Like, I, I'll, I'll sort of pick up the, the baton, right? Like, early bangers, like, if you look at GTA 1 and 2, those were top-down games, and they sold modestly. They were fine. They were cool. They were a little edgy. But why don't you take us to... GTA three, because I think that's really when they, you know, etched their name into the gaming Mount Rushmore with GTA 3.
1: We will eventually get back to Rockstar Loft because I did just look it up and it is absolutely a phenomenal piece of Rockstar history. However, Bobby is correct. GTA three is by far the most important GTA game ever made. I
0: would say, and and I'm sorry to interrupt one of the most important games made. Period. Like, full stop. Period.
1: Agreed. So, the, it, I don't want to say the issues with GTA 1 and the uh, London Reskins and Map Packs and GTA 2, was it wasn't that it was a bad game. It just needed substantial improvements that were not ready yet to make the game what it could be. And I think GTA three did something that not a lot of companies were able to do successfully was transition their video game from top down to the 3d marketplace. And I think that transition is where we really see video games take off. And I think GTA three capitalized on it and rocketed it towards being just an utter cultural phenomenon because GTA one didn't sell that well. It did okay. GTA 2, huge improvements, still not looking the greatest, and they started adding things that we would later see in GTA 3 that are core values, like the side missions, and uh, I believe GTA 2 also added, like, save states and things like that, made it a more cohesive game. GTA 3, however, introduced it to the 3D marketplace and made it a household brand in video games.
0: I mean, I would argue, and... and... Two, two, two sort of threads I want to pull on here, right? Three, maybe. So if you'll allow me the floor for a second. One is a, is a, is a quick breeze through, through a story. I, I believe I've told the podcast that GTA in its gameplay sense was so revolutionary on so levels, right? Because if you were old enough to appreciate the open world and you could go anywhere and you could do anything cool. But if you were a younger kid, a far too younger kid like me to have been playing that game at the time.
1: Should not have been playing it.
0: I remember clear as day playing with my cousin and he brought over Grand Theft Auto and I was like, okay, you're a guy. It's like a fighting game because he was like punching people. And I was like, okay, I get that. And for some reason he went like, oh, go take that car. And that mentally broke me. I was like what games can do this like this is a game now so i think a lot of people had that moment right the open world the missions and you you made a excellent point there i would argue that around this time cuz gta3 launched in 2001 i believe let me just get the date there 2000 or 2001 uh gta3 launched in, on playstation 2 2001 october 22nd 2001 okay we didn't see too many big games like you said transition so seamlessly from 2d to 3d i would argue the only one even in that conversation is Mm -hmm. zelda if you if you really think about it in that two-year period you had you went from link to the past to ocarina of time and you went from top-down gta to gta 3 those are those were seismic shifts i would argue
1: that wasn't when sixty four was also out. Yeah, Mario yeah, uh,
0: yes, but I would argue that as an open world, Ocarina of time is a better it. analog.
1: It de- yeah, it definitely wasn't. Um, but just in successes of bringing a two D plat- like a two D game to three D, you got to throw Mario sixty four
0: in. There. Oh, of course, and and the last point I want to touch on here is. Well, next week we'll get to the full sort of roster, but they hit with GTA 3 and then immediately the next year hit with Vice City and then immediately the next year hit with San Andreas. Yep. Could, could you imagine that? Ha- like, it, it, is, it is physically impossible to do that today. Could you imagine if a year yeah. after the first Last of Us, they followed up with The Last of Us 2 and had it be at the level that it came out at? It, it just would never happen.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it was in a time period where you could release game after game after game after game. And it was still, you were able to functionally make large-scale improvements because things were developing so quickly. And you were able to make those large-scale improvements quicker. That would not exist today. And we see it with GTA. Yep, I think we all agree that if they could hold themselves to the same standard they are currently at, and make a GTA 6 come out a year and a half ago they would have but they are delivering a product and they are the gold standard of this takes time this takes money this takes effort you'll get it when you get it and we're okay, and okay
0: with it, and, and yeah on. and we're okay with that we're fully <laughs> aware of that and like i just cuz i i know Vice City was packed to the gills with premium voice talent which at the time was unheard of but i want to see if gta 3 auto 3 if there were any big names attached to it oh yeah it was all the mobsters that's that's hysterical yeah so it's you know basically half the sopranos cast michael madsen so you had people attached to this who like Got what it was. It was every crime movie in a video game ever. Right? And then, like, Vice City comes out a year later, and Ray Liotta of Goodfellas is the main character. Yeah. Like, Dennis Hopper yeah. was in Vice City. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. They, they always do such a good job, and I think it, we saw it immediately with GTA 3, mm-hmm. of connecting... High profile, relevant. It's not just, like, in today's media, it's not just casting Chris Pratt as Mario.
0: Oh my god. Oh, don't even get us started on that one.
1: Like, we see why they picked Chris Pratt, but we also can't see why they picked Yeah, Yeah, it, it just
0: doesn't compute.
1: But, like, the characters for GTA and the voice acting for that, you see the high profile names and you understand
0: you're immediately like oh i get it yeah
1: and i think it also be anyone yeah
0: exactly and i also think it hit during that perfect alchemy time where like 2001 sopranos had either just started or like just had hit that like peak where everyone was talking about sopranos probably like 2000 like yeah, right at the turn yes, of the century, January
1: nineteen ninety nine, it came. Out. Okay, so, so I'm two years. So in two
0: years into so peak yeah. Sopranos, I was right, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. And you have basically a playable version of that. It's no wonder that GTA three sold like wildfire, mm-hmm. and spawned yeah. the success that it did.
1: Agreed. Um, it it just absolutely and think about what GTA three was and what it turned into, and imagine paying $14 million for. Oh,
0: You're right there, like 100%. But what I wanted to touch on here in the early roots is that if you look at the things that Rockstar was doing early on, they've really, I would say, consolidated, and we'll discuss this next week, They've consolidated to an extreme degree their content portfolio because early Rockstar, you had Grand Theft Auto Three, you had Max Payne, you had State of Emergency, you had Smuggler's Run. Uh, they did Midnight Club. You remember Midnight Club? I do. Midnight Club
1: Dub Edition was one of Midnight, Cle- recent games Midnight Club.
0: Midnight Club Three Dub Edition. Everyone loved that. Manhunt. Oh, just wait till next week when we talk about Manhunt. I can't wait. Um. But obviously now they've really only got the two. So it's curious to me how they've kind of picked their winners and doubled down on their bets over time.
1: I loved it. And like, it's such a stark difference from seeing games like this, like a GTA versus some of the games that we see today. Like, it was crazy to see the development of GTA 1 to GTA 2, GTA 3, and then the rapid development from Vice City 4, 5, GTA Online, and what we expect of GTA 6, versus what we've gotten from other developers in the same time period, the yearly releases of very small minimum changes... The two to three year releases that are basically disappointments every three years, and we just kind of chalk it up to like, well, that's Nintendo, and then <laughs> next. And then Listen,
0: pal, on. you said it on me, all right?
1: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But <laughs> is there anything relevant that you would like to bring up regarding Rockstar's early days? <sighs> before i discuss rockstar loft because i brought it up in the middle of the episode it's happening
0: what i want to discuss as we sort of run out this chapter of our discussion on rockstar is hmm is what will is how much, okay, here's how I want to say this, is how much inspiration do does current Rockstar have to take from old Rockstar? And what I mean by that is, at this point, with so much churn at high levels of the company, you have to imagine that the people working at Rockstar today grew up playing the games, not, they grew up playing the games, they weren't the people old enough at the time to be making the games. Does the, is that a sentence that makes sense? So it's fans making the games, not creators making the games. Does that, like, yes. okay, yeah, maybe that was a better way to put yeah. it. So I'm curious to mm-hmm. see how, especially with GTA 6 coming out, right, and we're all kind of holding our breath, will it be at the Game Awards, and by the time you're listening to this, you'll you'll know the answer to that. Will they stay true to those that thread that Rockstar has been spinning since they got started?
1: I think so. I really do, and I, I, I just have never been given a reason not to think that in any of their games ever.
0: I mean, you want me to push back on that, or do you want to talk about this marketing campaign? Because I, I think I have a, a fair hit me devil's no,
1: no. Give, give Rock, I, I think I think I games.
0: think GTA Five and GTA okay. Online and Red Dead Online are a sign of changing times at rockstar just in the way it is no longer content influencing business. It's business influencing content. And I think that that is the best way to put it where you're, they're no longer worrying about what the biggest, best feature story world and characters to have in the next GTA. It's what is the next skin we can put in GTA online. And the fact that Red Dead Online was so neglected by Compare shows me where their focus is.
1: You think their focus is GTA? I do,
0: I do. And I'm very curious how they make that transition. Does GTA Online become its own thing? Does it, almost like how Call of Duty did with Warzone, get a GTA Online 2, right? Like, at some point they got to figure that out, and I'm curious to see how they're going to do it, but I think that that's their main focus.
1: Do you want to hear my pie in the sky, what I want them to do with GTA Online? Yes. Literally put a bridge between whatever you're playing in in GTA Online and where you are in GTA 6. So it's basically just an expansion of GTA Online. Like they give you a whole, the same map that's in GTA 6, they just drop it into gta
0: well that's basically what gta online is right now with the uh, los santos yep. so mm, we'll see we'll see but tell me about this nightclub
1: matt so if rockstar couldn't get cooler as a video game company uh donovan and sam hauser decided that they were going to cooperate with john davis and establish the rockstar the rockstar lofts which was basically a rock star club night at a club in Manhattan. Good. And they could not afford any type of advertisement. So they they resorted to, and I'm quoting, guerrilla marketing tactics by distributing flyers, posters, and they didn't sell tickets beforehand to this event, to this club night. They sold it. On, excuse me, on the spot by phone call, cold calling people, inviting I them love that. to the event. I love that. And it was a success every time. They only held it a couple times for a few months. I'm assuming that eventually... It just got too they, big.
0: They didn't need to do it anymore.
1: It was either that or they were like, guys, we have a video game company to run. As cool as the nightclub thing <laughs> is... We really need to rein it in and focus on making cool video games. However, that is the most...
0: Rockstar-ass marketing ever? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Like, it's literally, like, people are like, yo, what do rockstars do? Nightclub.
0: And I would argue that... And then they did it. I mean, even on the little thing, like, when I say rockstar games, what is the sound that you associate with rockstar? I want to see if this is just me.
1: I don't hear a sound. Really, I see the symbol.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. See, because to me, and leave a comment down below if you're with me. Rockstar Games, especially in Grand Theft Auto, is always you're right. Something with the symbol, like in Red Dead, that sh- gets shot. But in GTA yep. 3, it was the spray paint. It was a black screen. Mm-hmm. You hear the spray paint shaking, and then it's tss, they spray the Rockstar logo.
1: You're giving me memories I didn't know I had.
0: But am I you? Um, me, when I say yes. that, you immediately like know I what can I'm
1: hearing. Shh. Yep. Shh. Yep. Yeah, I didn't need those memories, and now they're inside of me. Thank you, Bob. And
0: this podcast is inside your ears. And if you like what you hear, you want to hear more, tune in for the rest of the month and every month. Go back, listen to the 10 cent episode. Tune in all next year, where every month we're picking a new games company to dive deep on. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe here on YouTube. Scan the QR code on screen to join the Discord. We've got some diabolical play economists in there. And until next time, Matt,
1: happy gaming.